episode 152, Paycheck Protection Program and Other CARES Loans. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we are Amanda Kindle's perspective. Join 2017 and 18 Podcast Awards nominated host and best-selling author on Amazon as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctor and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Thanks for listening again, whether you're in your car or at the gym or just at your house during the coronavirus quarantine. I appreciate you listening. Today's is a timely and important interview with a tax professional of over 16 years. We're going to discuss Paycheck Protection Program and two other loans that are part of the CARES Act. We will cover things like which banks to use, what are the rates, how important it is to document employees' payments those eight weeks after you get the money other available options. And then at the end, we'll discuss more about pivoting in your business, examples that she's found in other clients that she has. And then how will you answer the question, what will my post-COVID-19 self be like? Did you waste it? Did you use it optimally to change yourself, to pivot your business, to rethink things? You know, what did you do with your time? So kind of talk about that a little bit as well. Quick self-plug, me and my good friend are creating a very special coloring book. It's more of a passion project, but in a a week or two, you should be able to find that on Amazon. Uh, We're recording this in April 2020. So by all means, check that out for a few bucks. You can support the show and have your kids a cool book. Potentially even be able to buy some for your office and just give them out. If you contact me to bulk order, and these are great to give to your uh, clients. It's a little gift. You can put your sticker logo on it. Other than that... If you go to a doctorsperspective.net slash all links, you know, you got all the links that you need for all the marketing, acupuncture, podiatry, dentistry, all the series that we've done, the books that I've written with links and the top episodes for the last several years. If you like what we're doing, please go ahead and give us a five-star review and all the show notes for this episode, as well as the transcript will be at a doctorsperspective.net slash 152. Disclaimer, please remember, I'm not a tax person. She's not your tax person. We're just giving you the information that we have. Please consult with your own people and just consider this as general information to help you to get a better understanding and to ask your own professionals. And of course, the rules may change by the time you hear this. One last thing before we jump in. If you didn't hear last week, Dr. Amy Arton was episode 97 on the show. She is a musician as well, and she wrote a jingle for the podcast. So I'm going to put that at the end of the episode. If you're ever interested in getting something written for yourself in any type of genre, reach out to her at thesongdepot.com. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Germany in Denver, Colorado, welcome back to another A Doctor's Perspective podcast. We're going to answer your care slash coronavirus stimulus package questions to the best of our ability today, with tax professional for over 16 years and the company Elevating Profits. Please welcome Amanda Kindle. Thank you, Justin. I'm glad to be here. So it's such a confusing somewhat, people getting frustrated because they're like, how do I qualify? And I want the money, but wait, 75% or what's the percentage that has to go to the employees within what framework? Should I wait? If I wait, will there be any money left? I don't want to have this big loan, even at 4% or 2% interest because I didn't, you know, maybe I need it, maybe I didn't. Or it could just be straight up, look, we shut down and I'm about to be broke. <laughs> My employees are broke and I'm going to be unemployed, but I don't get unemployment or do I get unemployment? <sighs> so many questions. So many questions. Where should we start? 
Uh, let's start with probably the most important one right now, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. Okay, jump in. Tell me something about that as an employee and as an employer, if you could. Yeah, so this one as an employee, uh, the benefit to you is it allows your employer to potentially keep you on payroll for at least eight more weeks. Um, as an employer is where it's really important. So this piece of it is this is the forgivable piece that everybody's hearing about when we're talking about the CARES Act, that there's a forgivable portion of a loan. That is what this is. It's the Paycheck Protection Program. This is the one that has those stipulations of you get two and a half times the amount of your average monthly payroll. You have to use 75% of what you get on payroll costs. And then the other 25% can be used for rent or uh, commercial mortgage interest, as long as those both were in existence prior to February 15th. Um, utilities, and then other business-related interests. So this can be interest on credit cards, interest on other loans you have, but you can only use 25% of the amount you get for that piece of it. That sure ain't much. No. I mean, depending on where you are, you could have a pretty high overhead just from rent because you're in a fancy area and maybe shut down. So that's, is that why some business owners are like, that's great for my employees, but that doesn't even help me stay open for a month. What? Is that what some of the questions people are having? That's a, one of the big questions we're having. And what I'm having to tell people is I get it. We're all in that same situation. I mean, for the most part, nationwide, all businesses are in this situation. The purpose of the Paycheck Protection Program, specifically from a government standpoint, is to keep people off unemployment. Okay. Because unemployment is going to create a bigger drain on our economy than the $2 trillion they funded for all these programs being pushed out. Now, the employee part, are they going to be paid at 100% of the salary or is it a reduced amount? Yeah. So, no, that's one of the requirements is you can't reduce salaries and you can't terminate employees in order for this to be forgiven. So, when you're filling out this application, one of the questions that is on all of these that I filled out for my clients so far is how many employees did you have on February 15th or on January 1st? Some dates are different there, but they're asking you how many employees you had. How many new jobs are going to be created by receiving this stimulus, this program, and then how many jobs um, you're going to have at that time? So one of the requirements as an employer is that you cannot reduce salaries. You cannot terminate people through this. So the question I'm getting a lot there is, well, what if someone quits because unemployment's a better option for them right now? Because for a lot of people, unfortunately, that is with that extra $600 a week they're throwing on. Or even in week nine, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Coronavirus ain't going to be disappeared yet. I'm not, I'm not trying to catch it in nine weeks. Yeah. So if they quit, are you penalized? So if somebody quits, the con the purpose is, is that you have to rehire somebody in their place. Now you brought up a good point there. One of the questions I'm getting a lot from restaurant owners, from people that like they're not considered an essential business right now. So they're shut down anyways. They're like, well, why would I do this? Because then I'm going to have this money to pay my employees, but none of my employees are working. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. But the point of this is, is that you continue to pay them. This is free money if you use it right. So the mm -hmm. point of this is you get this free money and you keep your employees on payroll, even if they're not actively working for you. And that's the biggest thing too, is I, at one point we're like self-preservation. And at another point we're like, hey, you know, you have all these employees that, count on you for a living mm -hmm. and they can't do their job. So they're going to lose their house just like you're going to lose your house. And I get them too, because they're like, well, I'm going to lose my house. You know, I got to save myself before I save somebody else, you know, put yeah. your mask on first in an airplane. <laughs>
Yeah, they're trying to create like the ripple effect from this. So like if we give businesses two and a half times the monthly payroll, those businesses can keep their employees on payroll. Those employees can now continue to pay their mortgage, their rent, whatever that looks like. And it's really just that ripple effect that like one business can have an impact on hundreds of people by going through this. Hmm. And does this work for the banks as well? Like these big, massive corporations? You know, you think GM who just cares about their bottom line? <laughs> so this program specifically is for businesses with under 500 employees. So a lot of those large household name corporations are not going to qualify for this. They did just put out, I believe it came out yesterday. It's the Main Street Lending Program. It's another stimulus package put out by the government. It is specifically for businesses over 500 employees. I don't honestly have a lot of information on that because I don't work with businesses in that size. So everything, but there is another program for those businesses specifically so that they're not taking our portion of these funds that's been allocated for small businesses. Well, that's good. And, and, and disclosure, not, not just hating on GM, but you know, just the first company that came to mind to think about like massive company beyond yeah. just like a bank. So what kind of rates should we expect or could we expect if we get one of these loans? So the PPP loan, if it if you use it correctly, and this is what I've been really trying to get people to understand, is if you use this correctly, 100% of this can be forgiven. Whether you get $5,000 or you get the maximum of $10 million, 100% of this can be forgiven if you use it correctly. Which means you've got to do math. Yeah, it's just really solid math. Like I've had a couple clients that have been like, well, this is two and a half times my payroll. I'm like, that's great. But this calculation doesn't work out because that extra 0.5% that you or that extra 0.5 on that calculation, not always accounts for two months of your rent and your utilities, not other interest, you may end up with some extra. And so you may have to ask for a smaller loan than what that two and a half times is so that you can get these numbers to all match up. Um. Yeah. So on that, though, to answer your question, any portion of this that is not forgiven is on a two year term at a one percent interest rate. So if you get a small loan, like if you end up repaying ten thousand dollars back, that's unforgiven. That's not horrible. But if you're one of these businesses that gets, you know, a million dollars and you end up with five hundred thousand, that's not forgiven. That's a pretty hefty loan payment over two years. Do they do a portion like, oh, you only did 60 percent. You only have to pay back that that last 15% or the whole loan gets thrown out? No. So what they're looking at is as long as 75% of it is used for payroll and the other 25% is used in those allocated categories, then 100% of it's forgiven. If you use 60% for payroll and 25% for the other and you just don't use that other 15%, then that other 15% is what converts over to the loan. Okay. All right. So at least... If you did split it 50-50 and we're like, look, I'm fine with a little bit of a loan, just not all of it. Yeah. You can do that just knowing that you will have some of it. It's not like the whole thing defaults to a repaid loan. Correct. Yeah. It can be well, partially nice forgiven. Okay. Okay. So that's what the rates are. That's the length of it is right now. Who gives you a better chance? Big mega corporation bank, local banks, credit unions? What's, what's our shot as a doctor office of one or two docs and 10 or less employees? I wish I had a very solid answer on that one for you. The A lot of the smaller banks, a lot of the credit unions are still trying to sort through with the SBA, what does this look like for us? Because you got to, so think about it. The banks are the ones lending these money right now. They're 100% backed by the SBA, but the bank's not getting that money from the SBA for eight weeks. So when you're talking a smaller credit union and they're looking at putting out potentially a million dollars in these loans, they want to make sure they understand 
what does this look like on the back end so that we're in compliance to make sure we're getting the money back and we're just not sitting here with all this money going out. So the banks that have actually gone through this and have funded some of these right now are the bigger banks, Bank of America, First Bank, Wells Fargo. Those are the only three that I've actually heard of that have funded right now. There's a lot of small banks, especially here in Denver, we've ran into a lot of small banks that they're just like, we're, we're not an SBA approved lender. We're not going to become one because this is just more than what we want to handle as a small bank. And reality is they might, oh, you didn't cross this T or you forgot this form and there's no goes backs. Like you just, you're stuck with this loan. I hope they pay you. Yeah. I mean, that could happen. It could. Yeah. So it's my business is with a small credit union. I've been in contact with that credit union almost daily because a lot of my clients are with that same credit union and they're not processing anything yet because they haven't gotten what they need from the SBA to do so. The problem we're running into is because of the volume of everybody trying to get to these funds, you've got banks that are like, if you're not already a business customer with us, we're not working with you. So people are like, well, I want to go to Bank of America or First Bank or Wells Fargo. And they're like, sorry, we're only working with our business customers right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And from the numbers we're getting, it sounds like, and this is the scary part, it sounds like a quarter of these funds have already been allocated. I was about to ask you that. Like, I would want to wait if I could and write it out. And they're like, all right, it's week six. Better get some money. There won't be any left. Most likely not. Yeah. My, my gut and my hope and my prayer is that Congress is going to see this and they're going to see the issue that small businesses are up against and that there's going to be a second round of funding and that hopefully they're going to do something specific to the smaller small businesses. Because what's happening right now is you've got some of these businesses that qualify under this small business category as being under 500 employees that bank with Wells Fargo or these bigger banks and that's a priority to them because the banks are paid on tiers. So loans up to 350,000 the bank gets paid 5% on. Up to two, from 350 to 2 million they get paid 2% on and then anything over 2 million they get 1% on. Well, yeah, the percentage is smaller but 1% on 2 million dollars is still quite a bit more than 5% on 350,000. From a bank standpoint, if I owned a bank, I'd be like, yeah, I want to work with the people that are going for the 2 to $10 million loans on this because the bank's going to make more money. From a small business standpoint, when you're looking at getting something from zero to 350000 kind of puts us in a really bad position because it's like, when do we take priority? Or are the banks just going to focus on the big guys? And then by the time funds are gone, some of the small banks aren't going to have access to any of this. Or some of the small businesses aren't going to have access to this. Right, because we're talking... They make, who knows how much, like if you have 400 employees, you can make a ton of money. Yeah. Like there's a ton of businesses that can make a ton of money on that. And then you can have the person that has 20 and also makes a lot of money because they have really high end things. I just, man, yeah, you're right. Because I don't care about those. I care about the doctors who probably have less than 25 people are really trying to help people at this time or wish they could help people and they can't. And like a dentist office. Yeah. You know how much overhead a dentist has every month and the mm -hmm. staff, they're going to have a huge loan. Yeah. And, and no income coming in. Like, how are you supposed to do telehealth dentistry? Yeah. It's, I mean, you, you, like, here, drill in your tooth right here. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should have flossed. I told you to floss. I mean, how bad does it hurt? There's some pliers. No, no, you can't do that. You're not Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah. So it's, my hope is, so I don't even know if I should say my hope is. I think Congress, when they put this out, they had some really, really great intentions behind it. I think those intentions were not necessarily worded the correct way in the CARES Act bill. 
And I think the interpretation of that bill at the level of implementation has been a little bit muddied. Did they waste a lot of money politically with all the earmarks for everything else? Or is that a conversation for another day? That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know, if is there anything else that we could qualify for? Is, is PPP the only thing? No, PPP is just the one that I'm telling people get on this now because these funds are going to run out very, very quickly. The application process for this, I've been telling everybody, I'm like, speed is your friend and accuracy is your ally. Like, you've got to do it quick, but you've got to be accurate because if you're, if you do something inaccurate, the bank's going to come back and want more information and now it's taking more time. How much uh, paperwork is it? A couple pages? Uh, so the application itself is pretty simple. It's the documentation. If your business is organized, it's pretty simple. They're looking for the 941s for last year, the 940 payroll reports for first quarter. If you have an office, but maybe you're an S corporation and you're the only employee and maybe you have other people that come in and work as a contract for you, then they're just looking for your stuff. Partnerships, they're looking for what your guaranteed payments were that were subject to self-employment tax. Sole proprietors, they're looking at what your net profit on the Schedule C was to determine your payroll amount. There's banks are accepting applications today or supposedly accepting applications today for sole proprietors and partnerships. There's absolutely no guidance out there from the SBA, from Congress, from any of the banks at all as to how you calculate this payroll number for self-employed individuals. I know how oh. I've interpreted it. I know how the accounting industry's interpreted it. But that doesn't mean that banks are going to look at it the same way. And so it's a situation of, okay, we've got to get these people's applications in. But what is the bank looking for for us to be able to verify two and a half times the payroll number? Yeah, because you could easily be the plumber of one. Yeah. So you have to have your recent tax returns filed. So that's what I've been getting that call a lot lately. Of people like, I haven't filed in two years. I need to get my returns filed so I qualify what? for anything. What's wrong with these people? You're supposed to do it every year. I'm looking at my account and I'm thinking... Why do you always wait to the last day <laughs> to give me my information? I mean, the last day sometimes. I gave this to you way back. Anyway, it always comes out. It's yeah, funny. so beyond the PPP, you've got the Economic Impact Disaster Loan, the EIDL. Okay, what's that? So that's the other one. So this is the one that when you go to the SBA website, um, and you can Google it. I mean, if you Google SBA coronavirus, it's going to give you the link go in this application is literally it's a two page maybe three it's like five minutes i think i did it in under 10 minutes and i had four calls interrupting me during that time it literally asks you like what type of business do you have it asks you to confirm that you're not a convicted felon that you don't have any prior sba loan defaults like just a few general things that they need to confirm to make sure you qualify and then at the bottom of that application there is a box that says check here if you want to be considered for the up to ten thousand dollar advance so if you're filling this out, you want to make sure you're checking that box and then you submit this. This was initially like loads and loads of paperwork. Like when I initially printed this out to do this for a client three weeks ago, I mean, it was like 20 pieces of paper for the applications and the supporting documents that they wanted. Did that on Friday for a client, then get a call from my SBDC liaison on Monday morning. And he's like, hey, the application got simple. Just go online. I'm like, oh. So then I'm like, well, what if we've already submitted this? And he goes, you have to resubmit for everybody. Uh -huh. Then today we got an email from the SBDC saying, hey, if you're if you or your clients submitted prior to April 1st, you need to submit even again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like how many times? What does this mean? Because I've got clients who we submitted first thing Monday morning. So we're probably pretty far up in the line on them processing. 
They're like, you're not going to lose your place in line. It's based on your EIN number. They'll be able to match. But apparently the SBA just updated their site because when these applications were going through, they weren't actually feeding out to any of the SBA loan agents. And so nobody right. was getting a call back to process these. Right. And this gets you 10000 Up to 10000 And we just got clarification on that a couple of days ago that that is going to be based off $1,000 per employee up to 10 employees. So if you have two employees, you get $2,000. If you have five employees, you get 5000 10 is 10000 If you have 20 employees, you get 10000 That's where it's capped. Ah, uh, okay. So, but that portion of it is a grant. So that you do not have to repay at all. Then the EIDL loan, that was kind of the fallback piece that we were relying on for all of our clients. Kind of like we were talking, like that PPP for two and a half times. You know, if you have a large overhead, that's going to cover your payroll and maybe just a portion of your rent. But that's, or if you have a mortgage, it's going to cover the interest, but not your mortgage. So where is the rest of this money coming from? Real, real quick, if you're an employee of your business, depending on how you set it up, you still get covered, right? Yes. As part of the two and a half. So if you had a nice fat salary... You can still get your nice fat salary for... It covers up to $100,000 a year. So if you are paying yourself over a hundred grand a year, then you've got to drop that down to figure out your average monthly payroll. I guess some people are lucky enough to make that per month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to you guys. Good job. And gals. Keep it going, yeah. buddy. <laughs> the rest of us, however, are well below. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's there's that. last then piece? the EIDL was kind of our our fallback for clients. We're like, okay, we'll get this much on the two and a half on the PPP with the two and a half percent. We've got salary covered for two months. We've got this much of this and this much of this. So now we'll apply for the EIDL. This is what we need to get you through the next two to three months. And so this is what we'll, we can look at when we talk to the loan agent, we can request. Well, they just put notice out today that now they're, and it's weirded very government like, um, it says initial disbursements, which leads me to believe that this is just a first go round that they will look at doing a second go round. But they're saying initial disbursements will be based off two months of operating expenses with a maximum of $15,000. I do like that they're giving, they're, they're allowing you to have some money and they're not letting one company just take all of it. Yeah. Now, if some companies are like 15000 what a joke. But for other people, they're like, yes, 15000 I was talking to somebody this morning and he goes, when you have a million dollars a year of revenue that your business just completely got shut down, he goes, $15,000 is nothing. I'm like, but $15,000 is better than nothing. I mean, when you look at like, you know, what is survival? Your, your house note, your car note, some food on the table. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and when you're looking at business expenses, so this particular gentleman I was talking to this morning, he owns a small auto dealership. And so his rent is like, $20,000 a month. So I'm like, yeah, it's it, 15,000 is not getting you anywhere. I'm like, but $15,000 yeah. is $15,000 more than you have right now while you can't sell a single car. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's such a, it's a tricky thing because we're talking about businesses and we're also talking about the business owners who also have their own livelihood. Yeah. And you have double expenses yeah. and trying to make both of those work. Yeah. I mean, what we're dealing with right now, this is, I've been in the tax industry for 17 years now. I've never seen anything like what the government is putting out to assist businesses and individuals right now. I was talking to a colleague of mine who's quite a bit older than I am. And he goes, the last time I saw this, anything like this was in 1987. I'm like, well, I was two years old then. I don't remember that one. Yeah. But it's, it's unheard of. I mean, the forgivable portion of this loan. I mean, if you think about it, normally when you have a loan, and you default on it and the bank forgives it, it becomes taxable income to you. That's not what's happening here. It literally is just free money if you use it correctly. So what I've been telling people is 
in business, we've got to manage our finances. It's up to us as the business owner to understand our cash flow, to have that capital reserve that we can fall back on in times like these. I preach this to my clients all the time. I'm like, you should have six months of operating expenses as a cushion in your business. You just should. And my clients that have listened to that right now, they're like, I'm okay. Yes, I need to get this money, but I'm not in dire straits to the point where I have to have this right now. Because nobody wants to spend that cushion, but that is exactly why it's there. Yes, it is. To survive. Times like this, you know, the unpredictable stuff. But for those businesses, like, it's not, and this is what I keep telling people, it's not the government's responsibility to save your business right now. It is our responsibility to save our own businesses. The government is offering some help, but you can't be mad at them for capping these funds. There's, yeah, there's $2 trillion to go around. But when you look at how that's been allocated, that's $389 billion that's been allocated through some of these funds for businesses. When you look at how many businesses are in the U.S., that's not much at all. And they're the ones that have all the jobs. Like when you, I forget what the stat was. Uh, listened to some kind of book today, and it was talking about that. It was just small businesses under ten employees is the backbone of America. So that's a lot of businesses. That is, and that's the majority of them. And that's unfortunately that is the majority of the businesses right now that I wouldn't say the banks are overlooking, but I think are not making a priority. But like you said too. What was your personal responsibility? Did you, do you have your stuff in order? Oh, you can't find this stuff. Well, you're a business owner. You should be more responsible. So if you're scrambling to find all this stuff, I mean, that's kind of on you. You know, I, I understand too, like if you weren't profitable to start with and you kind of are in that, that first two years where you're just trying to survive, you may not have a cushion and that stinks. It yeah. does stink. Like, is this, that's part of, that's where you're at in the business cycle and, um, yeah, you just got to hope to get this money and, and make it through. Yeah. But if you're a seasoned vet and you still don't have the money, then you, you know, you may be playing poorly for some reason. And I think a lot of business owners through this are going to start to see where their weak links in their finance management is. I think it's a wake up call for a lot of business owners. And I hate, I hate to jump on my high horse here with this, but this is a time for business owners to realize when they're scrambling to find this information, when they're like, oh man, I don't have my books together for 2019 to even know what I made in 2019, know what any of these numbers they're asking me for. This is a wake up call. You're in business. This is the finance piece. Your business is not something you play around with. It's a very serious piece. It is the piece that can break, make or break you. And so Unfortunately, you know, I, I hate that our, our world, but our nation and our business communities are dealing with this because it, it breaks my heart because there is going to be so many less businesses coming out of the other side of this than went into this. And, mm-hmm. and that's just a harsh reality of it. There's a lot of small businesses that are not set up to weather a storm like this, no matter what they would have done, even if they would have had six months, if this last six months, they would have gone under anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that piece of this is heartbreaking to me, but I'm hoping that the businesses that do come out on the other side of this have that little light bulb moment of like, okay, it's really time for me to take this finance piece of my business seriously and get this in order. Whether that means hiring a bookkeeper, hiring an accountant, a CFO, whatever that looks like, it's time to get that piece of my business in order and make it a priority and not lean on that. I can't afford that anymore. Mm, interesting. You know, and like you said, some people probably are doing, I need to file late. For whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they're filing late. And now that's going to bite you in the butt because you were just going to wait until the summer. And now, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen restaurants either in Houston or in Denver. They were doing road construction 
25 years in business, family owned, yada, yada, amazing, awesome. Gone. Gone in six months. Yep. Who cared? A lot of people cared, but what are you going to do about it? Like, they didn't get any help back then because of the road construction. It's like, dude, that's terrible. Yeah. And I don't know what else they could have done to survive, but, you know, people are just like, no, I'd rather just go to the box store down the street that's on a nice corner and easy. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. The word right now, I think the, everybody's word right now is pivot. It's like, how are we pivoting? And I'll tell you what, some of the restaurants here in Denver are doing phenomenal at this. They, they've they got coronavirus kits where they're like boxing up food because they've got all this food that they're like, we've got to get rid of before it goes bad. So they're boxing up like steak dinners for date night in and it comes with two rolls of toilet paper. Here you go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, my wife's nervous to go eat out right now. She's like, oh, I don't know. That food's been sitting around. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot out there for businesses, but I think it's a matter of navigating to find out what's the best option for you. My honest advice is apply for everything. Let the banks or the SBA tell you you don't qualify, but go ahead and apply for it. Get in the get in the queue, get it going. Is there anything special for the medical profession? Uh, nothing specifically special towards them. Okay. Any sage advice for any medical? I mean, telehealth is something that's popular. We've got some episodes coming out with, with that before you. The last two or three episodes have kind of been about telehealth and things like that. But anything else that you have seen potentially with all the clients that you've had that? Uh... So I've got a couple of chiropractors that are clients. And I was actually talking with one this week. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She goes, I've got probably another three months worth of like, she, we just started working together. She went from having no cushion six months ago to being like she had three months of cushion. So she's like, I'm good for three months. She goes, but if this goes longer than three months, I don't know what I'm going to do. She goes, mm. I can't virtually see clients and adjust them. Like, it's just not possible. And Colorado is one of the few states that, it, from my understanding, that chiropractors are a non-essential service right now. There's many oh, states they that they are, but call in Colorado, they're not. So she has to do exercises and stretches and nutrition and ergon, all the other stuff that some people don't believe in as a chiropractor. Like, I'm not going to do all that stuff. And you're like, well, maybe you should have now. Yeah. Well, so with her, we were talking the other day and I'm like, how do we pivot? Like, we've been talking about you doing some functional medicine clients and like working through that. I'm like, obviously you can't do the blood work and all of that right now. I'm like, mm -hmm. but you can start on the other pieces of it, like the stretching and the workouts and the diet. Like you can work on those pieces. I'm like, so start marketing that service. The other thing with her is she started, this is her third chiropractic business. And I'm like, you have three very successful or two very successful businesses and a third startup under your belt. I'm like, a lot of chiropractors don't have that. So now's your chance to take your knowledge and your skills out to other, not even just chiropractors, but businesses in general and walk them through some of those steps of tightening their belt and, you know, buckling down through this and what can they do now to market on a budget or to do these other things that you've done twice and almost three times already? And she's like, oh, my gosh, didn't even think about that. And I'm like, yeah, it's all just about taking your knowledge and your skills. Like for doctors, you may not physically be able to see patients, but you have more knowledge than just your medical knowledge. And so how do you take those skills and that knowledge and look at what you've done really, really well in your business? that your colleagues haven't look at what you've done really, really well in your business that business owners in general don't do. This is your pivot moment. How do you take that? How do you bring that out to the community? That is, there's so much need right now. People are trying to market with no budget. People are trying to sell online when they've never done this before. People are trying to, you know, do all these things that it's like, Oh my gosh, I never thought I'd have to do this. So 
as a medical professional, look at what you've done outside of just your medical skills in your business. That's your pivot moment. How do you take that and start to generate revenue off that until you can get back in your office? I love it. Me and my buddy, we're doing something, a passion project, if you will. Do we expect to get money from it? Not, no. Do we expect to just spend money? Probably. (laughs) But it's a coloring book. We have a very niche little coloring book that we want to make and we think we're going to have fun doing it and it's creative and uh, it's a thing we can do together, which is kind of fun. And that's it. I mean... Hey, right now, fun's important. You know, some people are like doing fun things and trying to explore themselves and, and learn and learn a new skill. And like now's the time of, you know, one of our groups. What are you learning from this? If you just come out and you're like, you've caught up on all your Netflix and Hulu, well, you wasted an opportunity. Oh, man. it's I've said this several times, but it's like, what does the COVID-19 version of you look like? Yeah, what, you, what is going to emerge when you come out besides five or 10 pounds heavier? Business owners in general never have this much time on their hands. So much time. Like I'm talking to people and they're like, I've repainted the entire interior of my house. I've done this. I've done that. I'm like, great. What are you doing to grow your business? Well, I can't work. I'm like, that wasn't my question. What are you doing to Mm -mm. grow your business? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you talking to? What marketing plans are you putting in place? What about that big pile of stuff that we all have in the corner of our office? That's like, I'll do that when I have time. Have you done that? Because you have the time. Do you know how many seminars are discounted, live stream, free for now? I mean, all of a sudden, I've got all this pain science stuff that I could have, you know, still could. I have a little kid, so it's a little difficult to actually (laughs) do as much as you want to. (laughs) They're kind of a limiting factor. I have two kids. I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sitting around, you're like, how am I doing this at all? You know, wait, you're like, how do I get everything done and have kids? What what am I missing? Oh, yeah, daycare or school or... (laughs) It's like homeschooling is now part of my job description. Yeah. But, you know, there's always there's free help now, too, with that. Yeah. So I that's mean, what's good. There is so many new problems to solve that I, I truly, I believe, and this is my belief, and some people may disagree with me and not like the fact that I'm going to say this, but I truly believe there is not a business owner out there that cannot find a new problem to solve and generate revenue right now. Boom. So true. I'm like, it's sometimes you just got to get out of your own way. Like sometimes as business owners, we have these blinders on and it's like, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. It's like, okay, yeah, that's what you've done, but you can do this or this or this or this. What's the problem that needs to be solved right now? Yep. Mm-mm-mm. This has been good. This has been good. I think hopefully everyone is able, like I always say, listen to this, think about what's been said and then implement something because there's so much you could do right now we don't have to be stuck yeah don't just listen and not do anything listen and do i tell people that all the time i'm like it it, it doesn't matter how many books you read how many podcasts you listen to how many webinars you attend how many conferences you attend if you leave there and you don't implement one thing to push you forward it was a waste of money waste of time and a waste of money well amanda how can people reach out to you potentially pick your brain more even sign up some clients So you can reach me email uh, consulting at elevatingprofits.com. You can reach us by phone. We're in Denver. It's 303-847-0836. Or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm active on both of those areas. Um, I mean, we met on LinkedIn. Come up on Google. You can find me on Google. (laughs) I do want to say thank you so much for coming on and dropping all this relevant, timely information and uh letting us know that the end is not near (laughs) (laughs) 
there's money out there. There's applications that aren't as daunting as I would have assumed that them to be. To all the doctors out there, start typing and make the next hour your hour to fill out all these forms if you can. And uh, should you go to different banks or if you get denied at one bank, you're so done? So if you get denied from a bank, you're done. So that's why I'm telling my clients, I'm like, the applications are easy. That piece of it is easy. Making sure they're accurate is not as easy if you don't have good records. But that piece is easy. It's really the eight weeks after you get the money from the PPP that is the most crucial. Because those are the eight weeks that you have to be able to document where you've spent all that money and be able to prove that to the bank. I would say talk to your bank that you have a business relationship with first. Find out if they're an SBA-approved lender. Find out if they're processing applications. If they're an SBA-approved lender but they're not yet processing applications, you may want to look at some alternatives. The SBA website has a great list. If you just search approved lenders, they have a great list. There's more being added every single day. There are lenders out there right now that are not bank. Cabbage, spelled with a K, it's a... um a high interest, not good for business really lending company, but they're accepting applications through the PPP. I don't believe they're processing yet, but they are accepting. Fountainhead Capital, I believe they're taking applications. So there are some non-bank processors that can go through this that are more capital funding companies as well. If your bank's not accepting them or your bank's not processing them, it's just a matter of sitting down and doing your research to find out who is and where you can get it through. So somebody's quote, non-bank people, they're looking at it as, hey, we qualify to make money. Yeah. <laughs> so let's be the one that hands out the Pivoting. free money so we can get it on the back end. Yeah. Nobody's okay. wanting to borrow money from them at a high interest rate right now. And they're not really willing to lend at a high interest rate, but they are willing to lend and make a little bit of money off the SBA. Yeah. Like you said, if you can get a uh, a $3 million loan all of a sudden, 1% is pretty sweet. Yeah. That, that could be a good month. <laughs> <laughs> Who landed that? You get a bonus. Uh, and your commission check is going to be good this month. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again. Not a problem. Thanks, Justin. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show like buying a cup of coffee getting swag like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly and financial. And then of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's a affiliate style. So if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, 5-Day Plan, let me know. As well as if you just need some 
coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. A doctor's perspective. Learn stories of success. Avoid struggles they've met. Doctors of all kind come together to help you shine. So sit back, take it in. When hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.